Hello and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, Avatar Studios have put out a job notice for a storyboard artist for their new project set in the world of Avatar, The Last Airbender, and The Legend of Korra. The new studio will produce multiple new projects in the Avatar universe, starting with an animated feature film for theatrical release. Let's Whoa, go. Okay, break that down for me a little <laughs> bit. What? So, I mean, obviously the studio, I think the studio is a division of Nickelodeon. Okay. They haven't really done anything since Legend of Korra came out. I don't even know how long ago, like a while. In a minute. I haven't really even thought about them doing anything new, but it makes a whole lot of sense seeing as they're so popular. Like Avatar and Korra are both huge, huge shows. Came out uh, April 14th, 2012, uh, Legend of Korra did. Wow, almost 10 years. Yeah, so they're making a new show or a new movie? Looks like a new movie first, but they're hiring on storyboard artists for more projects going forward. Okay, and I'm wondering if it's going to be like real live action? I doubt it. Not for a story. I hope not. (laughs) Yeah, storyboard artist would be uh, animators. And they, uh, that movie was yeah. really, really bad. Yeah, so bad. So bad. Was that M. Night Shyamalan? I think it might have been Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm really excited for it. I just finished up a rewatch of Avatar The Last Airbender. It's so good. Me too, actually. Just um, like seven or eight months ago. And then I watched oh, cool. um, The Legend of Korra after it. It was the first time I had ever seen it. What did you think about it? Oh, I thought it was so great. Yeah. It was interesting in that it wasn't such a deep dive into one story since each season had its own bad guy not as like epic i guess yeah however the fighting was a lot cooler very well fleshed out yeah they did really really good fight scenes like man it was i just really enjoyed those fight scenes there are multiple avatar graphic novels that kind of expand on events that are after the original tv series so that's kind of cool and i might check those out i've seen them around but i I always thought i kind of gave them a glance and thought it was just a graphic novelized version of uh, last airbender so I didn't want to spend like $20 an issue on that. But if it's, right. yeah, if it's, uh, if it's after the show, I kind of want to see what happens. So me too. This is, this is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Good news fact, bro. That's, that's a good one. Oh, thank you. That's why our listeners are the bookbenders because the airbender <laughs> is so cool. I feel like that girl from Mean Girls. Where I was like, stop trying to make bookbenders happen. It's not going to Dude, I'm making book. It has already happened. (laughs) I know. The boat has sailed. (laughs) We have an army. We have an army of bookbenders. Unfortunately, there can't be like a the last airbender since the nation bookbender nation is only growing rapidly. Everything changed when the bookbender nation uh, attacked. Dude, it came on scene and took took (laughs) the nations, the other nations by a storm. What have you been doing this week? Uh, man, I have been working hard this week. Work has been a doozy, but I have managed to have um, quite a bit of reading time in the evenings, and I've put a big chunk into The Eyes of the Dragon by Stephen King. Nice. Man, that book is so good. It's so cool. It's written in this really interesting voice because it's like someone's telling a story to you. Mm-hmm. It feels like a very like story. meta. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's like, as many things do occur in this nation, in many stories of this type, you that he like talks to you, the reader. And it's really is that pretty common for Stephen King? Uh, Not that I've read and I've read quite a bit of it. I think it's just I mean, it's kind of how The Hobbit is Um, like in in The Hobbit. 
uh, Tolkien will sometimes kind of like is. he'll kind of like turn to you a little bit, and you're like, you wouldn't believe how blah blah blah, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's it's just like classic kind of like this is a a bedtime story. This is like an old man telling you a, a story of a time long ago. And I'm really excited that you're reading this before we read the Dark Tower. Yeah. Because it does tie into it a little bit. Oh, really? Well, a lot of Stephen King books tie into the Dark Tower. The Dark Tower is kind of like the nexus of a lot of the universe of Stephen King books. It's all very loosely connected, but there's reoccurring huh. characters in different books and stuff. Because it's all interdimensional, wibbly-wobbly stuff, you know? So uh, <laughs> Interdimensional wibbly-wobbly. Yeah. I think we just... That and wimey, timey-wimey just, uh, just got added to the lexicon. I think timey-wimey is a Doctor Who thing. Oh really? But I, I, could I thought you just made that up. No, I don't. I don't. But I don't really watch Doctor Who, so. No. Uh, sorry to all of our fans who were hoping we'd I talk watched... about Doctor Who. <laughs> Dude, I watched a couple seasons. Oh um, really? And it was pretty good. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Except it was. I didn't like that they switched doctors every season. There was like, I forget which one. It was like eleven or whichever one that the people are like, start with this one. Yeah, the, I think David Tennant is the one yeah. that everyone says to start with. That's the one that I started with, and it was awesome. Yeah, I need to give it another try. I think it's it just, I think I, I sat down to watch it, and I was like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to like latch onto here. Like, I didn't, I felt like there were inside jokes in the show <laughs> that I wasn't. It'd be like trying to watch like the third season of Arrested Development. Yeah, and you're just kind of like, I feel like this is supposed to be really good and funny and like clicking with me, but I missed out on a bunch of stuff. I really liked it the few seasons that I did, but I feel you. There was a lot because I think I started with the tenth season, as I think that's where David Tennant comes in into bear. And the thing that surprised me was how scary a few of the episodes were. Oh, cool! Like the Weeping Angels. Did you ever get to one of those? I think episodes? that's one of the rare ones that I did watch because somebody yeah. like I was I was like seeing somebody that was a huge Doctor Who fan. And that was the episode that they put on for me. Oh, man, that was a yeah. crazy episode. I was watching it alone in a hotel room while I was traveling for work. And <laughs> it scared the hell out of me. Because if you look at the angels, they won't move. But as soon as you turn away, they will come and get you yeah, and kill you. Yeah, I remember you. that. And so you'd have these scenes where like, they're going through like a dark like hallway or dark cave. And they'd like, turn around and shine their flashlight. And there'd be like angels up on the wall. And then they'd keep walking. And then they'd turn around and look behind them real fast with the flashlight. And the angel would be like frozen in this like biting freeze, yeah. like two inches right behind <laughs> him. Like they just got him. And right before the angel was about to just kill him. And it was, I remember being like, okay, wow. <laughs> <laughs> all alone in a hotel room turning the lights on yeah i mean i it's like i say that i don't think i'll ever get into doctor who but i said that about manga and comics and graphic novels too and here we are i'm i'm kind of tearing through them now so i feel like doctor who will come yeah yeah there's a time and a place for the who yeah. um something i wanted to tell you that i just read an article about and then did some looking in because i just thought it was really interesting there was this former firefighter who lost both his arms and he beat Elden Ring by using this <laughs> custom mouth controller. Cool. Yeah. He's got like this YouTube channel. It's like blown up and apparently through it, he pays for like his whole like medical thing and oh, that's he's fully so cool. self functioning through this like mouth and he blows like air across these tubes. It's incredible. And he like murks the last boss. He's just like, <laughs> like blowing like it's intense. That's so awesome it's really really cool and i was just like so inspired yeah of course 
I'm over here like complaining about my job and this guy's got no arms and legs and just like slaying the last boss on Elden Ring <laughs> with just his mouth. That's the cool thing about those games is that with enough perseverance, you can do it. Yep. You, you, it's like, I don't know, I get really deep into that kind of stuff where it's like, you know, I, I look at it as like um, kind of a, a metaphor for my life and other people's lives and stuff where it's like, you're only done when you quit. You you still have the potential to get this done. You still have the potential to come out on top here as long as you keep trying. As long and don't don't get discouraged. Don't throw your controller across the room or maybe like toss it a little bit. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> but like if you if you quit for good, then you've actually failed. Right. You know, and that's called going hollow in like the souls that's when you community. Lose. Yeah, like and that's you know we have a saying in the souls community. It's like don't you dare go hollow. Like don't give mm-hmm. up. And that's what that guy did. He's like, you know what? I can do this. Like, I'm going to find a way. That's really inspiring. That's awesome. That kind of made yeah. my night. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> that's it, really awesome. Uh, you should look at his YouTube channel, too, because he has like film. He films himself and then the game that he's playing. So you can like watch him blow while he's rocking. Uh, what have you been up to this week? Uh, I got. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got a lot of reading done. It was rad because it didn't feel like I did. But now that we're doing this podcast, yeah, I finished Cersei, which I was not into it for the first like hundred pages, and then no, I read you I, I read like the whole book in like a day though. I went through a lot of different phases with that book. So with Song of Achilles, um, which is the other really really popular book by Madeline Miller, I crushed that book. It was just from the first page to the last page, I was just zoned in and so into it. And with Cersei, it started really slow. I didn't know what the point of anything was. But the writing, it's its the writing, man. Like, Madeline Miller is such an incredible writer. So, like, I kept going. And then I got to this weird part at about 100 pages where I just didn't pick the book up again for, like, five days. Hmm. I just, I just every time I looked at it, I was just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. feel like reading it right now. <laughs> but then it was really good for, like, 200 pages. Interesting thing after interesting thing. I mean, they talk about, like, Minos and the, and the Minotaur you know, and Labyrinth and Daedalus and stuff and Odysseus and like all of that's like really interesting. And I, I hadn't ever seen it through the perspective of um, like a character in Greek mythology that we hadn't really heard much about, you know, so that was really cool. And then it kind of like tapered off for me again towards the end. And I was just like, what is this book? <laughs> like, what is? <laughs> um, but I would still totally recommend it. Just I mean, if only for the writing because it it really is just it draws you in so much. Um, Do you think but, that perhaps your experience of the book was changed by your specific mood, or do you think it was really like you were looking at it like uh, I don't know if altruistic it was uh, unobjectively uh, objectively? I just I don't think it was written for me. Like I don't. I okay. mean, it just wasn't like up my alley. Um, like I think I got it, but um, just like the situation that Cersei finds herself in, like I just couldn't relate like that much to it Mm. um like i could to a certain extent but i think that there are people that could relate much more to it which is why it's such a popular book um so like that's why i wouldn't like knock it and say it was bad it's just kind of like you know not something that i was like vibing super hard with but like with like song of achilles it's like you know that's like this this hopeless doomed love that I feel like a lot of people can really relate to. But yeah, I'm glad I read it. And also I finished uh, Jade War, which Oh, oh yeah, me too. Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> like we're gonna we're obviously doing a whole this pot our next podcast on Jade War is gonna be very long, I think. I agree. I think it's gonna be like at least an hour and a half. 
we have a lot to talk about dude so much i uh i've talked about my memory so many times and how terrible it is but when i do this and i know that i'm gonna have to talk about it later i do like a chapter by chapter summary taking notes as i go along and that helps my comprehension so much yeah just going along just remembering it and oh man it's you notice all these little interesting factoids and i'm like oh what those books are kicking my ass right now they are so good they really and, are and you know what it's like it's like just when i think okay this is getting pretty wordy you know what i mean like okay <laughs> we're getting a little bogged down in like, like second like, of a trilogy syndrome yeah like this is getting just so political and convoluted and like all right something and then something just insane happens i was at work listening to it on audiobook and i'm not supposed to be listening to stuff that work but <laughs> i didn't care but like my jaw just dropped there was like mo like two moments in like a very short time where i was just yep. like what the hell is going on uh so yeah i'm really excited to read uh jade legacy i'm gonna have to read it on kindle because the paperback isn't out for it yet and i'm not <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna buy the hardcover not doing it huh yeah but I like that a lot. And then um, I finished uh, a graphic novel. Uh, no, it was a horror manga by Junji Ito, the same person that uh, wrote and illustrated uh, Uzumaki. This oh, book yeah. called uh, Ramina. And um, it's about like a rogue planet that pops into our galaxy through like a wormhole. And it gets oh. like right up against the Earth. And everybody on Earth is just obviously very perturbed and uh, does it mess with the tides <laughs> it messes with everything yeah it's wow. uh, it's very very disturbing book how close sure. to the earth is it very is it like orbiting <laughs> each other it's like right and it's like right up against it like, without touching, like... like as close as it can get without touching it okay uh, like closer than the moon yeah very much closer than the moon yeah. wow so like <laughs> so wild weird do they build likes... like an elevator between the two well, i don't want to spoil anything okay but it was a really quick read. Um, I so like I'm kind of very much like dipping my toes into manga and comics and graphic novels, and it's about to turn into a full plunge. I think. Oh no. Oh uh, yeah. It's. <laughs> but the cool thing about comics and graphic novels and manga is that you just you just get through it so fast. Like this yeah. was a 250 page manga, and I read it in like less than an hour. Right. The actual like word content is not very much. Not not a lot. There's like whole, you know two three four five pages of just pictures sometimes so yeah you're really just flipping through and i'm you know i'm taking a second to like appreciate the art and stuff but mm -hmm. i'm not gonna like look at the page for three minutes unless you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> sometimes it feels like that because the image is so disturbing <laughs> i'm just like oh oh my god yeah, sometimes that shit gets real um and i'm also reading um the, the attack on titan manga oh right really now yeah Ooh, how's the how's the images on that honestly it's a little bit nicer of an experience than oh, watching really? the show yeah the show is just like oh like just rub me the wrong way like ugh. there is zero chill in that show no like, there's no chill <laughs> like there's just like they have like one comic relief character who loves to eat and that's like kind of funny but then it's just crying and screaming and running and like eating so like them eat, being eaten yeah. And nasty their mouths. I yeah. just every time I see those things mouths, I'm just like, ah. Very off-putting show. But the, the graphic novels, it's a, like a little bit better of an experience because it huh. kind of and you know with the and I'm already moving through it like really quickly, but with the show, I feel like there's um there's very slow moments of the show 
where there's like these establishing shots and then it like takes characters a little while to like kind of get through their dialogue and, and right. it, it's done purposely uh pur- purposefully purposefully yeah, purposefully <laughs> <laughs> but it's do- it's done intentionally and i know why it's being done but the book or the manga is just uh, it's a little bit easier to kind of just get through and get that whole experience and i've only watched the first season of the show so once i'm past wherever the first season is in the manga um i haven't i don't know what's going on so hmm. i'm really excited to read all those does it stay true to the um does the show stay true to the books um i mean it's it definitely seems like maybe not like word for word but sure. yeah pretty much every scene in order so far uh, and wow. i've watched the first season twice i don't know why i do that to myself like <laughs> like <laughs> i know there's more and then i'll just like stop but uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty good. And I'm also reading a Bag of Bones by Stephen King. Wow, oh, wow. I'm really reading a lot of stuff right now. You were reading um, a lot of things, yeah. But uh, yeah, Bag of Bones sucks. Really? Uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, no, it. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's like without a doubt the slowest Stephen King book I've ever read. Stuff's happening for sure, but it's just. I'm 350 pages in. That's like a hefty amount. It's like about a custody battle. Oh. Yeah. It's so <laughs> it's like, boring. It's like lawyers and like depositions and stuff. And it's just like, Ugh. damn, this sucks. Like this is, I don't know. And I'm sure that there are people that have read it that really like it. And I haven't got to the end, obviously. But I feel like with Stephen King, at least the, uh, I know I've, I've read like 35 or 40 Stephen King books at this point. And I feel like the trend usually is that the first like 100, 150 pages are incredible and really suck you into what's happening and then there's a really low point in the middle usually where you're just kind of like oh my god like what like the john hell? grisham's it's... out you're like dude yeah but, <laughs> and then it all wraps up in a really you know cascading wild way at the end but um but this one it's just it started boring it stayed boring i don't know i'm gonna finish it because i, I mean uh, and i listed it as the uh the book in March for Stephen King, and now it's April, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> it still counts as March. And I'm still going to read a Stephen King book for April, obviously, but uh, hopefully I pick a better one because this one's just not up my alley like at all. But it doesn't eh, sound like it. Yeah, it's fine. You, you, yeah. you know, you write 70 books, uh, some of them, some of them going to be duds. Like always, uh, I applaud your ability to see things without. Uh, your Stephen King love glasses on you know I feel like there's some readers who are just like once they decide upon their level of like for an author they just force themselves to love or hate everything the same level and you're like no it's great no not good and that's good I feel like I've given that guy enough of my money at this point you know (laughs) like I can like honestly be like this one sucks but not it doesn't (laughs) it's not object like I'm not saying it objectively is bad it's just like personally, you know, I like I like the really really weird Stephen King books. Then I think a lot of people do. This is just a guy walking around, like hmm. maybe it <laughs> I'm gets doing super such a weird. Disservice. I'm sure it does. There are, there have been some kind of creepy parts to it. Obviously, uh, it's like a, it's a ghost story. It's like a haunted house story. Oh, okay. Um, which is fine. Like I mean, just about a custody battle. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I think it's gonna pick up and it's gonna be fine. But yeah, you know when you're reading something and you know you're like 300 pages in and you're like, oh, cool. All right, I knocked out 300 pages of this, and then you like look at the last page and it's like, oh my god, I still have 300 more pages. Like, <laughs> just like halfway through, it's just grinding my way through this book. And usually I won't do that, but I do. It's it's funny as boring as it is. 
I need to find out. You know what I mean? It's it sucked me in that much. Yeah. Well, and I feel like with um, you know, the rule that we've talked about a few times, like if you're not liking a book, don't read it. There are so many other books out there, with the exception of I think exactly what you're doing, which is where there's an author that you just really, really, really like. It's like it's kind of part of absorbing his, the lexicon, absorbing the whole canon of right. Stephen King. You know, yeah. it's like that might be one exception to the rule of like even if you hate it, like there's still some some value, some utility, and like getting through it, so you can be like, okay, cool, you just added that one to your yeah. And I'm trying to read list. every single Stephen King book, you know, Ugh. and I mean, I'm I think I'm more than halfway there. Are you doing it in any particular order? No, I'm not. I'm just picking right. Well, it's funny though, because I'm trying to read one Stephen King book a month for all of 2022, but I feel like I've already read like the top, <laughs> like really good ones. <laughs> so now, like, I'm just kind of reading the ones that are like not as popular. Mm. Um, it's just, I didn't put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would be interesting to read them chronologically. I think a lot of people do that. I mean, hmm. you haven't really read very much of it. You could, uh, you could give it a yeah. Maybe I give would. It a go. It's a lot of books. I, I am really enjoying the Eyes of the Dragon. Like it's so good and so cleverly named. You yeah, know, like right? the name of it. It got like hit me halfway through the book. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's good. You clever man. <laughs> it's so funny in books when, and I, I, I do this all the time when they say the name of the book. Yeah, and I'm just like, ah, that's the name. Ah, of the there book. it is. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like in the movie theater, you got to nudge your buddy when you hear it, you know? <laughs> he said the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Do they, Do they say it? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, uh, Saruman says it, I think. Oh, no, Gandalf says it. No, okay. <laughs> they don't say Lord of the Rings, I don't think, but I know that um, Gandalf says it's not your authority to deny the return of the king. He says it to Denethor. Oh, oh, and okay. then Saruman says uh, the the two towers in the two towers movie. He says like the th union of the two towers. Oh, you know? okay. And then in Fellowship, uh, Elrond there is says, a the Fellowship of the Ring. You shall be the yeah. Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Pippin's like, "Great, where do we go in?" <laughs> I love how Pippin is Scottish, Irish. Is he? He's Scottish. Yeah. Uh -huh. or in real Irish. life, or just like in the movie. I think he is in real life uh, oh, Scottish. Okay. Let me look that up. So I don't... In the movie, he's kind of got like a little <laughs> Irish swing to him. Um, let me, I don't let know if I know the difference between like the Irish and the Scottish. Hey, Scottish. Hey, oh. Scottish. Okay. Nailed it. Um, but it is funny how in Lord of the Rings, like everyone's got kind of like fantasy English accents, mm -hmm. except for Pippin. <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that we've talked about Billy Boyd, which is all I wanted to talk about, uh, what is the f fictional fun fact? Uh, okay, fictional fun fact. This one's awesome. I'm really excited to tell you this. Uh, okay, so after the fantasy author Sir Terry Pratchett, Sir Terry Pratchett, was knighted in 2009, he forged his own sword out of iron and, get this, pieces of meteorite. Nice. He humorously, yeah, he humorously <laughs> said that he was frustrated knights were not allowed to carry around swords anymore due to knife crime laws in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> His coat of arms is Ankh Morpork, which is the main city in Discworld, and the legend reads Noli Temer Mesorum, don't fear the Reaper. <laughs> I love that. So good. What a treasure. What a treasure indeed. I mean, where do you get pieces of meteorite? Like, do you have to rob a museum or I don't know, but I feel like Terry Pratchett could probably have uh, handled Found that. Found a way. Like maybe he's got like he had like a, a meteorite guy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you just I'm literally so typing wealthy. in. How can I buy meteorite? I think you can buy meteorite jewelry. 
but I don't know okay. if you can get enough of it to like <laughs> make a sword. Meteorites for sale. Know. Yeah, there's places online that you can buy um, meteorites. Are they pricey? I'm looking right now. They're not inexpensive. Wow. Um, like here's a chunk from uh, the Murchison. Uh, this one's seven billion year old stardust. It's twenty five thousand. Uh, Is it enough to yeah. make a sword? No, no, it's a little chunk. <laughs> but that sword costs a lot the of money. Gibeon end piece with hole. Okay, this one's going for uh, ten to fifteen thousand. That makes a lot of sense that his uh, livery was "Don't Fear the Reaper" because he was a he was a big proponent of uh, like the right to die and stuff because he uh, he died of Alzheimer's. The kind it was like the um, like visual. There's uh, there's a certain form of Alzheimer's that deals in like memory. So you know you start kind of like right right. I know ability. that form. I don't know the visual. There's one where uh, like your depth perception is off, and so oh. with Terry Pratchett, it got bad enough towards the end of his life where he had to dictate. Um, the last I think it was like two books that he wrote so he had to have somebody else write them for him like type it all out and he dictated them what if we just all carried around swords you know how would the world be different I need to do some research on that like I wonder how prevalent like personal swords were I mean I think they were really expensive right so I think you know if you're a farmer you probably just weren't but I mean if you're getting attacked all the time you probably had some sort of weapon on you it's interesting. Like I carry a knife everywhere I go. Me too. Right, and like that's really dangerous. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> dude, have you thought about it? Have you thought about like actually, like, if you get into a self defense situation, right? Are you going to pull it out? It really depends on the level of self defense. Oh, well, I don't. I think because it depends on the situation. Yeah. Well, one, you're escalating the level of fight. Right. Yeah. Like now, if they have a knife, they're going to pull it too, and it's like, okay, we're not just going to be like beating the heck out of each other with yeah. our fists. Now we might kill each other. Very good. Well, and even if, like, what if I dropped mine? Now it's oh, now it's everybody's knife. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think with that, that's a pretty good spot to end it. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, I got one more thing that I want to say. I just, ah. you know, this <laughs> always. This is more um, just me wanting to thank the world a little bit, or at least the people listening to this podcast. I was having a rough day, like midway through the week. And it was just like one of those days, like no huge particular reason, just like a bunch of little things. And I came home and I got six books in the mail from just like anonymous listeners, you know, and they had little notes written in them, each one. And I think it was from Samantha and Leah. So if you're listening to this, thank you so much. Your books came at the best time ever. I was just like so bumming. And then I got all of these books from everybody and I was like, got a little emotional. I'm not going to lie. And it just really made my day. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I also got some books. Uh, I got nice. quite a few as well. And uh, yeah, I'll throw out a thank you to uh, Serene and uh, the, the screen name for the, the other person that sent me books is like BRDBRBR. You know who you are. You're listening. And I really, really appreciate them quite a bit yeah it's just, uh, and i think that leah might have sent me one too actually really leah, leah sent me the uh the lord of the rings one that's right behind oh, me cool right there yeah and so like yeah if you're listening um you know no pressure you don't have to send us anything but just like that that really makes our day obviously and seriously it's, it's a really big deal i mean like i've got a tbr that i'm never gonna get on top of but just like getting that stuff in the mail i mean like somebody sent me ramina by junji ito and i read it like that day you know, yeah, um, and, I was hard. It was hard because I was like, oh, I want to read all these right now because I almost feel like I need to. It's like for them, you know, like someone <laughs> liked this book enough that they bought it for me or not. Who knows? Maybe they just were on my my wish list and just bought me a bunch of books because those ones were on my wish list. But it was just I don't know. It meant so much to me, regardless of the reason. It meant so much to me. And I just wanted to say thank you. 
Speaking of uh, wish lists and book fairies and stuff, uh, we will be picking a Patreon subscriber, and we do this every month. And so if you do sign up for the Patreon or if you're already signed up, once a month, Chad and I pick a book. Uh, if you don't have a wish list, uh, we pick one to send to you. And if you do have a wish list, we pick a book off of that wish list to send to you. And it's just kind of like our way of uh, you know giving back to the Patreon community. Obviously, we are taking your money, but we want to be able to give you a little bit of a chance of a uh, monthly return on investment and stuff like that. And just uh, we just want you to know that it, we, we really, really appreciate you helping to build this community the way that it's been built. And I mean, it's like, it's really exciting. I mean, when Chad and I really started is. doing this, and we started the Discord of the podcast and stuff, we were banking on getting some followers and having some people in the discord and stuff but our podcast plays are just going up every week and the discord is growing all the time and it really just means the world to us i mean it's uh this the process of making a podcast is even more labor intensive than i thought it was going to be yeah <laughs> and it's really motivating to see uh people not only listening but then getting into the discord and talking about episodes and giving us ideas for more and you know, people are signing up for the Patreon, and like with that money, I mean, like Chad and I are able to buy new cameras so that we can move over to YouTube, and it's just super helpful. And you know, the two of us are doing everything we possibly can to make this the best community it can be. And absolutely. you're you're absolutely helping. Yeah, when I got those books in the mail, I was like motivated. I was like, what can I do right now? You know, it's <laughs> like, and I was like, I was just in a bummer mood the whole day when I got that totally like 180 my day entirely and it's just very very special so yeah we're doing everything we can and that sort of thing really really uh, makes means it all worth a lot it. yeah it makes it all worth it exactly yeah. exactly and just going into the discord i haven't been able to be as involved as i wanted to as i've been wanted to i haven't been able to be as involved <laughs> wouldn't with take discord of... as i want to lately but uh um, every time I just pop in there and just see it thriving and just everyone's having these good conversations and booking out so hard, it's just, uh, just makes my, um, speaking of all that stuff, you can find the link to the Patreon and the discord in the description for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, Chad and I will be doing a Jade war part two recap this week, as long as we can fit it into our work schedules. And I think probably some sort of other episode if we've got the time for it. I definitely want to. You will always have the Monday morning episode and at least one recap episode for the books that we're reading every week. And we can promise you that. Uh, we try to do three, a episode, a read along, a general discussion and a Monday morning minute. But sometimes life just does not make that possible. Had some family stuff this uh, last few weeks. And so we've been done, you know, two episodes a week. But uh, we, we try to stay with our three. And I think we do a fairly good job. Most weeks we do three. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're getting there. Thanks, everybody. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks as always. Bye, everybody.